This episode is brought to you by REMAX Ace Realty in Downingtown, PA. Whether you're looking to buy or sell a home, we have a real estate expert for you. Search for homes or contact an agent at acerealtypa.com. This is the Chester County Real Estate Podcast, bringing you the info you need to make your next move a great one. This show is brought to you by REMAX Ace Realty. For show notes and links, go to acerealtypa.com slash podcast. Hey everyone, this is the Chester County Real Estate Podcast, the show that brings you the information you need to make your next move a great one. I'm your host, Sean Dominski, and I'm sitting down with Kelly Namo of Remax Ace Realty. Yeah, hi. Our illustrious office manager. Oh, I'm illustrious, great. Illustrious, I think. Okay. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I wanted to talk a little bit today. So what was it, a year or two ago? About a year and a half, two years, yep. Two years ago, you bought a vacation rental in Myrtle Beach. I did. Now, this is not your first investment property. Not at all. Was this your first vacation rental, though? It was, and it was my first out-of-state home purchase. was a little nerve-wracking, but made it through. Yeah. Well, so I wanted to hear a little bit more about the story. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to hear a little bit more about the story about um, the you know why you decided to buy there, how mm-hmm. you decided to find that that location, um, a little bit about the process that you went through, mm-hmm. and then anything that you would do differently or recommend for someone who might also be looking for either a vacation property mm-hmm. uh, purchase or an out-of-state investment property purchase. So okay. there's there's a couple different factors on this one deal. Okay. You're, it was out-of-state, it was mm-hmm. a vacation property, and you're you know it's an investment. Right. Um, so we can hit any number of those. Right. Um, but I'm okay. sure there was a lot of lessons that were le- was learned through that. There were. Um, but I'll start with the beginning. So we decided, um, my husband and I, that we wanted to purchase a short-term rental property simply for the fact that we saw the trending numbers of more and more people getting into it. Mm-hmm. So to begin my research, I looked at areas that I would want to vacation in myself. The beach was my number one factor mm-hmm. because that appeals to me personally and because I can – relate to that. I feel that I can do a better job in something that interests me. So once I figured out it was going to be a beach property, I knew it had to be beachfront. Mm -hmm. Just instinctively, when I go on vacation, I want a beachfront property. My family goes to beachfronts. We pay the money for beachfronts because it is expensive. So then I narrowed it down to, again, what we like. We want a beachfront. So then I started to look in different areas around the East Coast because it's close enough for me to get to in a day Mm -hmm. uh, without extensive flights because I'm not into that. So then I started from New Jersey because I figured that was the furthest north I wanted to go. And I went all the way down to Florida and I picked certain cities, certain areas. And I just started to look around at what things were selling for, what they were renting for through – Airbnb through VRBO. So we started to do research on VRBO, Airbnb, up and down the East Coast, picking some major cities that we may vacation in in the future. And Now, have you been to any of these beaches before? And was that at all a criteria? It wasn't. Um, I I started with Ocean City, New Jersey, knew it, didn't like the numbers in terms of what things were selling for. I'm like way out of my budget. Mm -hmm. So then I started to analyze, okay, so my budget is, you know, at the time it was like 250 was my budget. And I'm like, okay, so in 250 for 250,000, what can I buy and where? Uh, that started to even narrow it down further. So then at that point, I realized 250 I could get something extraordinary 
at the time in Myrtle Beach or mm-hmm. in Daytona Beach. Mm-hmm. Typically, they have a lot of party crowds, a lot of, you know, just groups and activities throughout the year. So it attracts a lot of tourists. Uh, which one? Both. Both. Okay. Both of them do. And so based on that, and again, I was doing a lot of Google searches of, you know, like where to vacation um, on a budget. Yeah things of that nature, um, that I was trying to start to build what I call like an avatar of my 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 guest. So mm-hmm. you, want, you want to know who your guest is going to be renting and what do they like to do when they go on vacation. Because that's going to dictate how you set up your property, how you purchase your property, and where you purchase your property. So once I started to realize I'm going to look at either Daytona Beach or Myrtle Beach – then I started to really analyze the nightly rental rate. Again, Airbnb, VRBO, direct booking sites. Um, haven't stayed at either ever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then I somehow miraculously decided Myrtle Beach is the area, even yeah. though family visited there and said it's not the best. I'm like, I need to go see for myself. Right. So we decided to go down to North Myrtle Beach on vacation in a particular condo complex that allowed pets because that was important to me. I wanted to be able to go there a couple of times a year with my family, with my dog, and enjoy myself. Mm. If I'm going to be spending this money doing this work, I want to enjoy it as well. Well, you also said that proximity was something of a consideration that you didn't want to fly. No. Daytona Daytona Daytona. Beach, you know, I've never driven there, but I imagine it's... You could. Yeah, but... How long does it take to drive there? Isn't it like a 20-hour drive? Interesting enough, I have friends that live in Florida, and they said you can take the auto train from Virginia down to Florida. So you put your car on the train, and it takes you down to uh, somewhere outside of Orlando. Okay. And then you can drive right to Daytona. So you're overnight, but you're not on a flight. Yeah. You don't have to go through security. You don't have to – you have your own car to drive around. Right. Um. But I just, I felt like Daytona was a little bit too far for the first one. Mm -hmm. What if I have to drive there overnight because something breaks, something goes perfectly wrong? Mm -hmm. Um, So I felt comfortable with North Myrtle Beach. We enjoyed it. We fell in love with the property right away. And funny enough, the unit right next to us was for sale. Mm -hmm. And it was identical to what we stayed in. It was just reversed, if you can imagine. So like the- Like a mirror image. Exactly, mirror image. Oceanfront, perfect price. Almost fully renovated. So the kitchen, the bath, already done. Yeah. Already updated. It freshly painted. It needed some furniture. Not a big deal to me. It needed a few tweaks to decor, if you would. Mm-hmm. Nothing crazy budget-wise. So I ran the numbers, including the purchase price, closing costs. And mind you, I'm buying this cash. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have a little bit different analyzation than if I were buying it with a loan. Right. So buying it cash, I'm looking at what I'm purchasing it for, what I have to put into it to get it ready. Down to the forks, the linens, you know, the decor, everything that you need to to have in a home because you're in a home. Now, because it's Mm -hmm. a vacation home, did it come with any of that stuff? It came with a lot of it. I did get rid of some of it. Uh So, for example, it's a one bedroom, one bath. It's very small, 550 square feet. It's gorgeous, but there's not a lot to it is my point. And I want it simple an easy, I didn't want to go buy a seven-bedroom home and have to furnish all of that and manage all of that. That's a lot. Yeah. I wanted it simple, quick, easy, no exterior maintenance. Mm-hmm. That's a win, especially with the salt water, you know, yeah. eating everything around you. And I wanted it renovated. That was important to me. And that's because you didn't want to have to do any renovations Correct. from a distance. Correct. 
relying. Not at this yeah, point. Not at this point. So I was still getting my feet wet, still learning who the local people were to go to. We went, after we purchased it, um, we went down and we were there for a week and a half. We decided to redo the living room in terms of the furnishings. Mm-hmm. So we took the existing furnishings that were there, took them out, got new furnishings, found a couple of local um, furniture sh- stores, which were recommended by other people in the area. Mind you, at this point, I'm joining Facebook groups that are local. I'm really leaning into what other people have done and, and looking at their successes, their wins, and kind of analyzing who I can use and who I can't. Mm-hmm. So I built up my contractor list. I built up my cleaner list. And then I started to interview people face-to-face while I was down there. Brought them into the property, interviewed them in, in my way. And again, I have the experience, so I, I kind of know what I'm looking for in a contractor and a cleaner. Um the one thing I, I did kind of mess up a little bit on is not interviewing enough cleaners. Mm-hmm. I only interviewed two, and I love my current cleaner. She's great, but I feel like I could use a few extra things from her that I'm not getting. And so I feel like maybe now if I look for another cleaner for another unit, I will want additional services provided by her. Can you give us an example sure. of any of this? So she goes in, she cleans the entire unit. She'll change out all of the linens and she'll reset some of my basics, like my coffee station that I have, um, my snacks. But I would like to have a service of maybe if somebody's coming in and they have a birthday, maybe go get a birthday cake and leave it. Or mm-hmm. if they're having an anniversary, some flowers and a, a, some wine, some additional services like that. And she's not equipped because it's just her and another family member to be able to handle that. Mm-hmm. So I can't ask her to do that. And I would have to find an additional person at this point, which is fine. I can do that. But having the cleaner do it while they're there, it saves you some some money. Right. But purchasing the property... I. Feel like we and I overanalyzed it a little too much. How and so? I kept running the numbers yeah. because I didn't believe that we were really going to make what we were going to make. Okay. I had an outstanding realtor in Myrtle Beach. Highly recommend him if you guys need one. <laughs> I have a great one. Um, he gave us numbers that were conservative on what we could gross. Sure. But that's his job. Be a little mm-hmm. conservative, and then when you do better, then you feel like he's a hero. Yeah, under promise, over deliver. Exactly. And I know, we know how to run numbers, so it, it, we were analyzing it, too, and it just it made us nervous. Well, if we're going to spend this amount of money, we expect this amount of return because everybody has their own return expectations. You know, everyone's a little different. But it, it just it made us concerned of like, OK, we'll try it a year. If it doesn't work, we'll sell it. Yeah. We'll get our money back, at least get our money back. The market wasn't decreasing. It was increasing, but we didn't realize how much it would increase and how quickly. Okay. That was where we made the mistake. We should have leaned in more to our own history and our own knowledge and believed it a little bit more and taken a little bit more of a chance and gotten a few more units in the same building. Right. Now they're selling for two to three times more than what we bought. Wow. Yeah. That wow. quickly. It shot up. Now, the but in the moment, in the moment, is, you're you're buying an investment <laughs> mm-hmm. that's a short term rental that's very hard to predict, mm-hmm. out of state, out of state. You're not sure how like if there's no. going to be a catastrophe that no. you're going to have to come and visit. Yeah. So it kind of makes sense that you're mm-hmm. not going to jump in no. and just like grab a handful of right, units, which I wish we did. <laughs> but yes, in hindsight, yeah. I'm in sure hindsight, it nice. this was also the year right after the lockdowns. Yes. So it was when people were coming back, they wanted to get out. They couldn't go internationally still, um, but they wanted to travel locally. 
Yeah. That was why we had such an amazing first year in the property. Everybody did down there. You you could just put it on the market, not do anything to it, and get tons of money. Mm-hmm. Starting to shift a little tourist-wise because, you know, the economy is shifting a little and people can go outside of the country now to vacation. So it, you have to consider, you know, the vacation industry as a whole has ebbs and flows with the economy. So you need to take that into consideration. But we're still doing really well. Yeah. And we have a bit of a leg up because we're looking at it as a business opportunity, not necessarily, oh, this is a second home for me to go take my family down to and occasionally rent it out. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we would have analyzed it differently. Couple questions. So okay. I'm trying to like I'm trying to figure out like I'm trying to prioritize which ones. <clears throat> so you had so is the realtor that you bought it f- bought it with mm-hmm. is he currently helping you manage or did you bring in someone else for that? I was prepared to fully manage it myself. Okay. However, again through Facebook, magic of Facebook, I was in an Airbnb group specifically for Airbnb hosts, and uh-huh. someone said, "Hey." I'm I'm starting to help people co-host, meaning it's someone that helps you with the communication, helps coordinate contractors, helps overall manage your property. Mm-hmm. I'm just starting out. I'm looking for one good person to connect with who wants help co-hosting or setting up their property. I'm like, winner. Yeah. I'm in the middle of doing all of this. I'm in the middle of setting it up. I know I can do it, but I kind of want that backup for communication-wise. So I put him through the ringer, gave him lots of interviews multiple times over mm-hmm. Zoom. He's in Georgia. Okay. The property's in Myrtle Beach, and we're here in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. So imagine that, like across the country, basically. Um, he handles communicating with all my guests. He handles the pricing of the unit. I trust him on that. Mm-hmm. He handles uh, the contractors. If it is um, needs something fixed in a fat hurry he'll find somebody uh without even asking me because he has a certain dollar limit that he can repair without asking me he makes sure that basically the property is maximizing its potential for me in using different tools and technologies that are available to everybody right Uh, you just have to pay for it and if you don't have a volume you have to pay more for the property these are tools that are telling you available they're telling you to raise or lower yes. the rates Con- and, and they, stuff. And there's one particular pricing tool that will actually let you, will, will follow the trends locally and will mm-hmm. raise it automatically or lower it automatically every single minute of every single day. It's tweaking it behind okay. the scenes. It's pretty cool. I have a quick question and maybe you can't answer this, okay. but there are multiple sites you can go to mm-hmm. if you want to rent out a place, rent, rent a, get a short-term rental. Yes. Is it in a owners a host benefit to list on as many sites as possible or to stick with one and kind of commit so is it is it if you're on airbnb stick with airbnb or also try to balance go back and forth between some of the other ones that's actually a really good question it's going to depend on the area okay i feel other people will argue differently but i feel certain areas do better on airbnb other Mm -hmm. areas other areas do better just on vrbo Okay. You should always have a direct booking website so that you're marketing to get direct bookings for yourself, less cost to the guest, more money for you. Right. However, we have it on all platforms. I just I wanted to try everything, even though typically in this area, it used to be VRBO did really well. Mm-hmm. It's starting a trend where Airbnb is doing a little bit better. Okay. Like last year, we were getting equal amounts of bookings from each. This year, we're getting mostly Airbnb. Interesting. So I, I don't know what the philosophy is behind that, but it has shifted. But that's also part of your 
research. You need yeah. to see, are there more listings on VRBO, more on Airbnb, more on like property management sites? Because then maybe you need to go to a local property manager and handle it. I mean, if I was to make a guess, it would be just that mm-hmm. VRBO started in vacation rentals. Right. So people looking for a vacation rental mm-hmm. would go on VRBO, right. whereas Airbnb was hitting the hotel market, right. the cities and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then Airbnb just grew right. and they started kind of encroaching in that VRBO in that uh, space. Um, are, are there any other ones like HomeAway or something uh, like that? Are they Home- like the main ones? Booking.com. Um, there's a new one called H-O-U-F-Y.com, Hofi, hmm. okay. I think it is. Um, that's more direct booking site. They're trying to k- get people away from Airbnb and to do their site so they can build that out. Gotcha. Um, but it's more of a direct booking type of platform, more um, host-friendly, Okay. I'll, I'll say, rather than necessarily heavily guest-friendly. So I'm not too – I've set it up. I haven't really gotten anything out of it. It's yeah. fine. Um I want to be fair to my guests. So I prefer Airbnb, the RBO. I I tend to trust my guests. They're having a fun vacation. So far, we've been doing well with it and not have any terrible guests. I might change my mind in the future. I don't know. (laughs) So here's a conversation. Here's a question that kind of goes off a conversation we've had in the past Mm -hmm. where you've brought up this term condo tell. Yep. What's the difference between what you have is a condo that I have a, a condo tell. Is a short-term rental. Okay, so this this would be a condo tell. It is. Because really what I'm getting at is what were you looking for in a, not a homeowner's, uh, uh, what the, the condo equivalent of a homeowner's right. association right. when it came, the condo docs right. as far as short-term rentals. Because you have to make sure. sure that it's not only allows it, but yes. is also friendly to this whole concept right. here. Um what were you looking for for the, like when it came to that? Sure. So we obviously had time to review the condo docs. That was important to us. Um, but like I said, when we stayed at the property, it had so many amenities. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it has like nine pools, both indoor and outdoor, 10 wow. or 12 hot tubs in, indoor and outdoor. It has a couple of kiddie pools, indoor and outdoor, Lazy, two lazy rivers, indoor and outdoor. I mean, this thing is ridiculous. Wow. Yeah. Um, like, I'm picturing like these like crappy old like, condos in Ocean no, City. No, like, no, 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 no. <laughs> it is a resort complex. Okay. Um, and it's not even as over the top as some some further south are in Myrtle Beach because this is really North Myrtle Beach. Okay. Um, but it had just all these different pools and water activities for the kids, for the family, for the adults like me that don't want to be near kids when we're sitting in the pool. Sorry. <laughs> Love kids. Um. It also had two restaurants on site, fitness center, moderate fitness center, nothing crazy. Uh, just a lot of amenities for guests. Yeah. Plus, we enjoyed it. And we're like, wow, this is like a nice vacation. Um, so we were looking for a condo complex that would allow us to do it ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew that the unit we were buying was rented from what's called an on-site manager. Mm-hmm. That's where there's somebody on the property actually managing all of the units that are in that property. Um, They allowed pets. That was the other consideration for us. So the condo docs allowed us to have pets, but also guests. Mm -hmm. That was extremely important because we saw an opportunity there that not many people within this building itself was even allowing their guests to have pets. Okay. Yeah. So I knew the one that I stayed at, which was right next door, he he allowed pets. So I'm going to kind of copy him a little bit. Yeah. Um, It did change. (laughs) <laughs> they did change the rule. They don't allow pets anymore for guests. 
Uh, the condo doesn't yes. or the people next door? The condo doesn't. Really? Yeah. So it did change after we purchased it. And yeah. I'm like, I'm just going to have to change my business model. But at the time when I was purchasing it, I'm really focusing on that. That was important to me as well. And I wanted to make sure that the condo was well funded. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I didn't want to get into something that was having uh, financial difficulties. Mm-hmm. There are many properties in Myrtle Beach um, that have had or are currently having issues with cash flow and having to maintain their properties. Um, I recently looked at one as an example that is taking the entire front side uh, ocean facing stucco off and replacing it. And there's a lot of mold underneath of the walls. One unit, it was actually, the mold was into the unit itself because it was so bad and so Mm. deteriorated. So I I definitely looked at the past special assessments. So, where are you getting that information from as far as where they are financially? Is mm-hmm. it, I mean, you would think that through due diligence, they would be open with their books, but. Not necessarily. <laughs> right. <laughs> Again, a lot of research on Google, on uh, the Facebook groups. Uh, there's There was actually a public facing Facebook group for this condo complex. Okay. So I got in there and I was digging along and seeing a lot of history. Um, apparently a few years prior, there was a moderate hurricane that came through and did a little bit of damage to some units. And I knew from my research that they had been in an active litigation with a contractor. So I knew that I had to kind of calculate into my budget that there might be a special assessment to cover some of those costs in the future. Yeah. And that's another thing I was going to ask was when you're making your predictions and running your numbers, Mm -hmm. how much can you or are you or can you even factor in future assessments? Right. Because that's that's kind of a concern of mine. You buy something you buy something at the shore Mm -hmm. and then they say, oh by the way, we're doing new siding, new roof, new this, new that. And I know you're paying all this money for your condo fee. But now we're going to charge you even more money. Some of it is on faith. Yeah. You just have to budget for it and make it a little bit more extreme in your budgeting. Some of it is based on what your realtor can dig up. My Mm -hmm. realtor, again, very excellent. I don't know if it's the MLS down there that puts a lot of information, the multiple listing service that all Mm -hmm. agents use, or if it's the research he knows because he too is an investor in the area. Or if it's, you know, some combination thereof. I just know that he was giving us a lot of info about um, special assessments in this particular condo unit that happened in the past. And still today, when I go to look at units with him, he'll say, this one is about to get a special assessment because they're in the process of doing X, Y, and Z. So I think it's also what the realtors know down there locally because they talk to each other. You know, it's a very close-knit community. So that's where it's also, you have to have a good realtor to help you. Yeah. Key. Yes. (laughs) Yep. Um, So what would be, um, so we we covered a couple things that you you would do differently. Um, Mm -hmm. Anything else that you would highly, anything else that you would do completely differently? Like that you, regrets or mistakes or. Always, always. the next time, I mean, besides not buying enough. Right, right. Not buying enough, no. Yeah. Interesting enough, I looking back, I would rip out the carpet. Yeah. Carpet was pretty much brand new. But again, we're beachfront. People go there, leave the air conditioner on, and rip the sliding door open. Uh-huh. And leave it open. <laughs> so now it's creating a lot of humidity okay. in the unit, which is getting into the carpet. And now the carpet's getting wet, and the carpet's holding moisture. And what happens with moisture, it turns into mildew, and now you have a smell. Mm-hmm. And it happens just about every time in the summer, in the winter, in the fall. It's it's a lot less. Uh, so I would rip out the carpet and I would put in the luxury vinyl plank. Mm-hmm. 
waterproof because mm-hmm. people go in with their, their wet feet. I would also make sure that my furniture is waterproof in terms of your, your couch, your chairs, your accent chairs, uh, any ottomans that you might have. People will have wet bathing suits on just by nature. You're vacation, you're not thinking, and you sit on the couch. Right. And now your couch is soaking up the water, the moisture, the mildew, et cetera, the smell. Uh, I would also recommend to change out the, I think it was the 80s curtains that were there. Yeah. They, they don't hold the heat out as well. And you want that when you're beachfront because when you have that big sliding door with all the windows and you have the curtain open, it just lets in all of the heat. Mm -hmm. And so your air conditioner is running, 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 and you're going to run and cycle through air conditioners at an even faster rate. Mm -hmm. So I would definitely change out the curtains. And then the final thing I would do is the AC unit. I would immediately get on a service plan. Luckily, this AC unit had just been replaced. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Because they go through them very quickly down there. And I didn't realize how quickly. Within a year, we had to have them back out to replace a part. And thank goodness it was under warranty. But I would have a service plan. And I would also investigate, and I'm still investigating this, the option of adding in some kind of device that will turn off the air conditioning unit as soon as the sliding doors open. Okay. To not create the humidity in the unit so that it's continuously getting into the walls, into the furniture, et cetera. Do they make something like that? Or are you I thinking think they, they have do. to rake they something do. up? They kinda. definitely do, but it's like mixed reviews on how well it works. Uh-huh. So I, I want to do a little bit more research on that. And there's one other thing. Using um, – they have devices that will detect if people smoke in the unit. Okay. They do a lot of smoking down there, and I'm not talking about cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not allowed in the condo, so in the condo building yeah. or on the grounds of the condo. It's condo rule, and I was fine with that. I wanted a smoke-free facility, but I would de- I would put a detector in my unit that silently lets you know that someone has smoked in the unit because we can be fined for that if someone does okay. that. So this way I would be able to better monitor to the actual guest of who violated that rule so that I don't have to eat the fee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you just need a little thing that blinks that s- says it's a secret silent smoke monitor <laughs> on it in like big letters so that <laughs> they're looking at it and they're going, let's, let's, let's well, not try Oh, no, because then they're going <laughs> to say that's a camera and they're going to go to Airbnb and complain, can't do that. <laughs> ah, gotcha. So This actually sits up in the uh, ceiling and it looks almost like a smoke detector. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, I was saying if they know if they like if they know it's a if it's a smoke detector, right? Then they won't try to smoke if they know they're going to get caught. Maybe so. Maybe because ideally you're they're not smoking as opposed right. to smoking and then you catching them. Right. So, well, well, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, and, and the last thing I was curious about was originally before your numbers got all out of whack and thrown out the window with all the craziness, Mm -hmm. what were you looking at as far as investment, ROI, uh, cost? Because I was thinking back to the condo question, Mm -hmm. and once you said there was nine pools and 15 bars and lazy rivers, (laughs) I'm thinking like, man, they're they're making a lot of money off of those resort fees. They are. Are the tenants paying those resorts fees? Is that coming out of your condo fees? And that's got to be a lot of money monthly that's eating into your... Well, and adding to your profit. Right. Well, that was also a consideration for us. When you're using the on-site management company, they actually charge guests a resort fee. Okay. They – I can't really catch my finger on how to explain it because it's very – 
one of the problems with the condo association is that they're not well, they, they don't do communication very well with their mm-hmm. homeowners. It is what it is. Um, so somehow if you're on site management, you get a resort fee, but if you're a condo owner, a homeowner, and you're running it out yourself, you don't. We only have our condo monthly fee, okay. which includes all the utilities, everything, down to the Wi-Fi, down to the cable. Okay. Electricity is included in my condo association fee. So basically, I can go on, turn on everything in there and let it run forever and ever. I don't pay any extra. Eventually, you will. It'll catch up and they'll freeze the condo fees. Right. So my guests don't have a resort fee. I don't have a resort fee. All I have are my property taxes and my condo association fee. Because, again, I paid with cash, so I don't have a mortgage. Right. Yeah. Right. And my homeowner's insurance. Um, well, I actually have two insurances. I have a condo, what's called a master policy, and that's standard on any condo that you purchase. It covers the entire condo complex. Mm-hmm. So if somebody slips and falls in the common area hallway, you're covered as a homeowner. Then I have my interior, what's called HO6 policy. Real quick, is that separate from your condo? Because I'm, I'm sure the condo association itself the, has insurance. Well, they do. Okay. Um, but this this master policy is a separate standalone policy that covers the condo, the board of directors, as well as all of the homeowners. Okay. All of the homeowners and the con- and the board of directors. Whereas my interior policy, the HO6 policy, just covers the contents of my interior unit and my liability if somebody slips and falls inside my unit. Okay. Makes Those sense. two policies. I don't have flood... I was told because I'm on the 12th floor that if a flood reaches that high, <laughs> we're not here anyway. Yeah. Um, so I don't have flood insurance. but Extinction m- level event. <laughs> yes. Many times you will need flood insurance. So that's also another consideration. But it's really very cost effective. Mm-hmm. And it's surprisingly the HOA fee is very affordable on a monthly basis. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, that's. That's great. Um, I would say that if anyone had any any other questions, Mm -hmm. they could get a hold of you. Uh, What's the best way that someone could get a hold of you or where can they find you? Sure. Uh, They can actually call the REMAX office and REMAX office will get you directly to me. It's 484-712-0009. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Uh, Kelly, thanks for joining us and uh, sharing with us. Thanks for listening. This has been the Chester County Real Estate Podcast. Brought to you by REMAX Ace Realty. Serving buyers and sellers in the Chester County area. Subscribe for new episodes at acerealtypa.com slash podcast. And you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever podcasts are found.